Hey guys, this is Aaron from the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Just wanted to do a quick intro before we got uh, the episode proper going. Tonight, what you're going to hear, or today, depending on when you listen to this, you're going to hear our preview and predictions for the upcoming WWE Battleground pay-per-view, which airs this Sunday on WWE Network. We'll kind of get into each match, some more than others. We're also going to discuss the big debut of the three NXT Divas, uh, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, and Becky Lynch on Raw this week. And then we're also going to get back to uh, one of D-Wayne's classic segments, Do You Believe In? And we're going to focus on uh, if we believe in Roman Reigns, the performer, and the character. So uh, that's what you can expect from the episode. And just a friendly reminder that we have had a couple really big episodes uh, that we posted recently. Our most recent one uh, before this would have been our review of New Japan Dominion pay-per-view. We also did um, some talk on Wednesday Night Wrestling and some other topics there, so you can hit that up before your Wednesday Night Wrestling. This week, we also um, had several other episodes hitting on various topics before that, so feel free to browse the back catalog, whether you do that in iTunes, um, on WrestlingOpinion.com, or on our podcast page, which you can find linked on all of our social media. But without further ado, here's our Battleground Picks and Predictions. We have the entire five-man wrecking crew in the house tonight. We'll do introductions real quick, and then we'll get on to predicting and previewing WWE Battleground, which comes to you live on the WWE Network this Sunday, July 19th. We have the good doctor, Dr. M, back from overseas. What's up, man? I'm a little jet lagged, but what better what better way to bring up the energy than to talk some battleground? Well, we are very appreciative that you are here tonight. Two chains just coming off a preview of Ant Man tonight. How was it? Real good. Everybody go see this. It's it's money. It might be the best Marvel movie up to date. Wow. Okay. We have D Wayne. How's it going, man? Um, it's 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 going. What can I say? All right. And Silly Sellis, aka Sellis. What's going on, future Dr. A? Congratulations to, to you for passing that GRE so you can make sure you get to that next step for your doctoral program. So we have two potential doctors in the house on this podcast. So congrats, Aaron. Oh, bless your heart. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. Well, tonight, like I said, we're going to preview WWE Battleground. We're just going to go through the card as it's listed on WWE.com, and we're going to try something different for the undercard matches in, you know, in all seriousness, this is just kind of a two-match show in terms of what the appeal is to most fans. So we'll go through the undercard rather quickly. I will assign a random match to each member of the crew, and they will be the premier authority on this match. So if you disagree with their predictions, call them out personally on Twitter or whatever you want to do. I'm going to throw it out to the good doctor first. We have a triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship. We have Ryback. Defending against the Big Slow and the Miz. What say you, Dr. M? I think uh, the Miz will make or break this match. Uh, Ryback and Big Show, they do the best they can, but honestly, they they struggle to be entertaining, to me at least, these days. And I think the quality of this match will depend on the Miz. I think the Miz should and will win. Okay, very good. 
We have the WWE Tag Team Championship being defended. We have the champions, the primetime players, going up against the New Day. Not sure if which two of the fellas are going to be in the ring for the New Day, but what do you think about this one, D-Wayne? Um, again, I think this is nothing but a filler match. Um, I just feel that you know, they're trying to give, I feel like they're trying to give primetime players a person. And I won't be surprised if they win, but something's telling me that they should wait until a bigger event such as SummerSlam for them to win. So I have New Day retaining with a possible rematch. Well, New Day would be winning the titles because primetime players have them right now. So you think New Day wins yeah. it here and primetime gets them back at SummerSlam? Yes. All right, good deal. We have the match that everybody cares about, Randy Orton versus Sheamus, Mr. Money in the Bank. Two chains. Uh, I think we care very little about this one. Is there a way to make people care about it when we get to the big show on Sunday? I mean, I'm almost convinced that this match happens, somebody wins, and then it just doesn't even exist afterwards. But since I have to pick, um, I'm feeling... I mean, I guess you could call Randy Orton a face, but I don't know. Maybe he's still a heel, but he's just Randy Orton, you know. But um, I think Randy Orton wins this one. Um, it doesn't hurt Sheamus at all, but I think Randy Orton lose uh, just kind of buries him. So uh, you want to make sure you have Randy Orton in some type of uh, momentum going into SummerSlam, no, no matter who his feud is. But, you know, you want to have some type of momentum for but Sheamus being the heel and also being the Money in the Bank um, holder, him losing this match doesn't hurt him. So I'm going to go with Randy Orton. That makes sense to me, man. Mr. Sellis, we have a feud that became a little bit more interesting, at least for me on Raw tonight. We have Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt. Uh, Dean Ambrose is not booked on this card as of now. So do you feel that he gets involved, Sellis? I don't feel like he gets involved in this match um, unless it's going to be triggered to go into a, like a disqualification of some sort where they have a triple threat, uh, maybe for a number one contendership for the WWE World Heavyweight title or SummerSlam. Um, but I really can't feel which way this is going to go. I really feel if Dean Ambrose, and I didn't even think about it until you mentioned his name, if Dean Ambrose is going to be involved, I think this would be automatic disqualification because I don't see how either competitor between Bray Wyatt or Roman Reigns has an advantage if they win this match. Um, if Roman Reigns wins, yeah, but what's this going to be his next thing? Is he going to go after either Brock or Seth at SummerSlam? And if Bray Wyatt wins, this will be just another Bray Wyatt pay-per-view win, feud win, other than the John Cena one that he's won but got nothing off of it. And to me, if you're trying to progress him to be that next-level heel, uh, that Undertaker-type heel that you know Undertaker was back in the Attitude Era, you got to give him some signature wins. But with the signature wins, you have to make sure his character still progresses because he's winning, 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 but they're, they're not capitalizing off of it. So if, if anything, I would say let's make this match a disqualification with Dean Ambrose involved that leads to a triple threat for the number one contender at SummerSlam. I think that's just the best way because, it, to me, it's, it's a lose-lose situation. I think that's a tremendous idea. I like your fantasy booking there. Um, we'll go back to our resident diva specialist, Dr. M. Um, I'm on WWE.com, and I know that last week, or at least it's been rumored, we were going to get Paige 
going after that Divas Championship against Nikki Bella. That match is no longer listed on WWE.com, and we saw the um, the giant debut of the three NXT Divas, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and Charlotte tonight. Um, where do you think they're going with it? Do you think it will be represented on the Battleground card, considering I don't see a title match listed do you think we get a, a three-way tag with those three teams, or what do you think's going on there, Dr. M? Well, I don't think they will pull the trigger on a, a three-way tag until SummerSlam. Um, I think with what we saw tonight, you know, that whole scenario definitely has a SummerSlam-type feel to it. All I know is that right now, and I think a number of us feel this way, that finally we have some reason to start caring about the Divas division again. I think maybe at Battleground we might see some, maybe like a triple threat match, a representative from each of those those groups um, that, that can give us a, a good solid match and kind of show what the Divas are all about again um, and get us start getting us ready for the big SummerSlam showdown. I think, uh, why don't we just go around the table real quick about that Divas angle just because it was so so big and um, really, really interesting. Uh, two chains. Did you happen to see that angle, or did you hear about it? I know you're at the movies tonight. I, I did. I seen y'all guys was texting all crazy, so uh, I talked to I talked to Celis about it briefly. So I haven't got to see it. I'll watch it tomorrow. But yeah, it looks interesting. I mean, I thought at some point it was going to happen, but I just wasn't sure how it was. But sounds like from the response from you guys and what I briefly saw on Twitter, it was amazing. Yeah, uh, D <laughs> Wayne, you're snickering. Because WWE is still a joke to me when it comes to these division. Maybe if they give us some more time, I'm taking it serious. But until then, it's a joke. I'm laughing. That's why. It's you know what? Joke. I kind of, I kind of share your view a little bit in this way that they've, they've definitely made the division not what it was in kind of the Trish Lita days, Mickey James and Victoria and Molly Holly and all those girls. So I agree that there's definitely work to be done. The talents there. I mean, they had nine main roster girls. You know what I thought about a lot when I watched that angle tonight? How would you like right now to be Rosa Mendez or Cameron or Summer Rae or Bailey still in NXT did not get to make the big debut with the other three out. They've kind of been billed as a foursome by internet fans. Uh That was kind of interesting tonight. You know, those girls were not included in that picture. You, you wonder if we'll see some releases here. Not Bailey, but maybe some of those other girls. Maybe, but... I mean, the talent is there, but we're not complaining about the talent. We're complaining about the time. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have the time to showcase it, then what? WWE has a bad, you know, bad reputation for not showcasing the Divas division on the main event roster. So, like, a, I mean, that's why I'm taking it, all of this as, oh, the, you know, Twitter might pop off and say, oh, this is great. But guess what? Until they get the time, it's always going to be a joke. It really is. Yeah, I think there's definitely groundwork to be laid. And I think um, it's got to be a case where there's not just one Divas feud only for the title, and that's it. They've got to have multiple feuds going on, if not over the title, over personal issues that people can connect with. Uh, Celis, you... You popped pretty hard on Twitter and on the text message front tonight. Tell us a little bit about what you thought of the segment. I did, and I, and I love the segment. And I'll say this first. I thought the segment was the best segment of the night of everything that was on Raw. And if you think about the time place when it was around 9 o'clock, 
And if you think about what Stephanie did to bring out the promo aspect of these girls, it was executed perfectly. And I have high hopes, and this is why. I have not seen talent like this come from the NXT roster where these women come from as athletes or wrestlers first instead of models. Now, you know, Vince's persona, when he comes to WWE Divas, he likes to get these beautiful models and then turn them into legit wrestlers. You think somebody like a Kelly Kelly or Maria, you know, all those girls are beautiful models first that he tries to turn into wrestling. But when you think of Charlotte, you think of Sasha, and you think of Becky Lynch, you think of girls who are wrestlers first. Even Paige, I'll even throw Paige in there. Wrestlers first. They didn't try to go be models first. They didn't try to do other avenues. They're pure wrestlers. And I think that's what the Divas division has been missing for so long. When you think of people like Sable or, you know, Ivory back in the day, even Jacqueline, they were wrestlers first. And that's what we have to remember. If if we want to be true to what WWE is, and even though it is an entertainment business, it is about wrestling. Like, for example, you're not going to get basketball as an entertainment without getting good basketball players. It won't be the same. So it was really great to see because we had the aspect of all three ladies between Becky, Charlotte, and Becky, I mean, excuse me, Sasha, were all doing their finishing moves, and they held it for about 30 to 45 seconds. That was impressive. You know, holding a nice submission moves, in which we haven't seen women do submission moves like that in a long time. And you saw the quality of their ring work with all nine of them in together. It was awesome to see. Um, so I'm, I'm really hopeful at this point that this could be a transcendent the WWE Women's Division can, can come back to what it used to be, or at least a part of what it used to be back in the Attitude Era. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm backtrack. I know we have a lot of hope for that, but let's be real. As long as Vince is running the show, it will never be that way. And, 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 and like, I agree with you. I agree with you. But look, look at what happened on Twitter about 9-10, right when that segment was over. Who put up that first post? Triple H. And Triple H is the one that's trying to, I guess, be behind NXT. He's the one that's yeah. trying to make that front to change the women's division. Yeah, back in the day, Vince had the last word for everything. As of right you now, as of right now, yes. But yes. I think it's a time for a change. In, in, anybody would know it's we, a time for a change. It's, it's a time for a change, but everyone knows that Vince is not going to give up. He's too proud of a man to give up any authoritative position on the uh, main event roster. That's why he gave Triple H NXT. <laughs> I, I can give you that, but... I, I'm just, I'm just going to take this hope right now. I mean, granted, we've been getting nothing for the past couple of weeks or months or years. Uh-huh. I'll take this and try to run with it. Well, I'll... All right, now. All right, so let's go back, <laughs> go back to this. Remember a long time ago we talked, and I told you the reason why Vince probably isn't trying to give up the main event part to Triple H? And why don't you go ahead and tell that for the fans again? Okay, so I had a I had a theory that at the end of the day, there's only one person that Vince McMahon wants to run the company, and that's his son Shane. He wants to continue the tradition of passing down to his son, and I think that's the reason why he's having such a hard, hard time releasing controls. Two quick comments off of two quick comments off of what you guys are saying. First, I love that you both quoted Owen Hart. It is time for a change. Yo. No doubt. Enough is enough. 
<laughs> and number two, if um, I know that Sasha is still the NXT Women's Champ and she's going to defend that title moving forward, they'll probably transition her out slowly, kind of like how they did Kevin Owens recently. Right. The women's division in NXT, I think we should revisit that in a little bit because if you take those three women off of that roster, here's your women's division as it stands now. Bailey, Dana Brooke, Emma, and um, Carmella, and Alexa, Eva. and Alexa Bliss. Eva Mendes. You mean Eva Marie? Me, really? <laughs> See, they're, I like, like, it's clearly not the same echelon of talent if you take those three girls off. But here's the thing. With those three girls off, it gives everybody else a chance to shine, like, and not look bad in comparison to where you can make even more new stars. So I kind of like that they're taking the mountain bulk. It'll be interesting to see if they go the same route with the men's side of things on NXT because you've got a lot of guys that are ready to come up when you look at Finn Balor and um, Samoa Joe. Even I know he hasn't been there, but more in a hot minute. And you know that uh, UHA Nation's getting ready to come up and do his thing on NXT. So I think we might be seeing a big shift in talent. I'm really interested to see who's on the card when we go to Dallas next spring to see the NXT show that Friday night, hopefully, when we're in town. Right. I am I am too, because I feel like there's a lot of people that are, that are ready to bring up, but I feel like the main of their roster is also getting crowded. So yeah. it's not enough time to showcase anything. No doubt, man. It, it needs to be... Like when you, I've been going back and watching Attitude Era Raw on the network, and if you look at every single person, no matter from the top of the card down to the bottom, everybody was involved in a storyline. They've got to get back to that way of booking, especially with having three hours of TV. You can give everybody something to do, and you've got the talent there to make it work. So I hope they start moving in that, maybe in sort of a hard reset fashion after SummerSlam at this point. But uh, let's move on to the big matches. Real quick, I don't want to skip it um, and act like we forgot about it. We do a pre-show match with uh, uh, King Barrett a, versus R-Truth. I have a quick comment. Sure. With that being said, too, don't forget about the rumor that we heard about Tough Enough where if any of the women competitors are legitly or remotely um, good enough to be even considered to have been a winner, there's a chance that they will solidify a spot on the NST roster. Yeah, no doubt. I think I think that a couple of them are going to stick around, as they have in the Divas search in the past, for sure. Yep. Um, going to that King versus King match, I they build it on Raw like it was a battle for the kingship. I would expect Barrett, who's been doing nothing but job out our truth on Raw to get the win there. Uh, moving on to the two big matches, I'm interested to hear everybody's thoughts on this, considering how... The United States Championship scene was a little bit muddied with the insertion, sort of, of Cesaro in the past couple weeks. And then we had Rusev get involved with Dolph Ziggler being uh, out indefinitely with storyline injury. But we have, at least as it's billed right now, United States Championship, the champion John Cena defending against Kevin Owens. I want to start with you, D-Wayne, because you always have strong opinions about both of these gentlemen. Do you before we pick the match? Let me just ask this: What do you think about Cesaro getting involved or Rusev getting involved here? Um, I feel like their involvement is just giving them something to do because creative doesn't know what to do with. I completely right agree with you. Um, it's it's kind of a filler time. It's kind of like you don't want. John Cena, it's kind of a way to keep John Cena and Kevin Owens away from each other mm-hmm. a lot. Yep. 
but still have them interact. Yep. So it's it's meaningless. Again, it's just filler. Doctor M, what do you think? Do you think we see Cesaro and or Rusev get involved? Or do you think they add a match? I'll throw this to you, Doctor M. Do you think they add a match? Rusev versus Cesaro, winner gets the title shot at the next pay-per-view, SummerSlam. I could potentially see them adding a match between Rusev and Cesaro. Um, that's that's not really the direction I would prefer that they go in. Yeah. Um, I think this should be, as, as I said at the beginning of this entire feud, I think this should be Kevin Owens' time. Um, I think it's time for Kevin Owens to sort of make his mark on the main roster and take that U.S. title. Um, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this is all booked because I, I agree that um, in some sense it's clear that creative may not know exactly what to do with guys like Cesaro. We can probably say that about him for several years now. Um, but I'm starting to realize that at the end of the day, probably because WWE is becoming a little bit overcrowded as of late, as much as we like our favorite superstars, everybody cannot be in a solid storyline at every time. Um, everybody can't be at the top at every time. There has to be those superstars that maybe aren't in strong storylines but can go out and deliver strong matches, and that's it for them right now. And maybe that's what Cesaro is doing right now. Maybe that's what uh, some other superstars are doing right now. Everybody has to fill a specific role, and um, sometimes it's not the role we want. That is a hard dose of reality right there. I like it. Uh, two chains. If, if we just base it off of the the match as advertised, do you see Owens or Cena going over two chains? Um, I, I I was trying to think what I was going to say earlier, but I guess the notion of Cesaro interfering. Um, I, I've been trying to figure it out for a second, but is Cesaro being booked as a heel or face right now? Because anytime he gets mic time, I consider him face, but I have a feeling that they're trying to book him heel, which is why um, the whole segment with John Cena after Raw and what was that, Chicago? Yep. Was never aired, never rumored, never hit their message board, none of that stuff. And the WWE does a real good job of promoting um, promos or anything random. It's like, you know, The Rock showed up at the Barclay. Um, they made a big deal of that. And you're talking about their top guy, John Cena. So for him to do something like that, I mean, that would have that would have hit the blog, hit their blog. So with that being said, um, I think it I think it's an interesting aspect to see Cesaro being booked this hill to interfere on this, and this is ultimately does not hurt anyone. Doesn't hurt Cena, it doesn't hurt Cesaro, and it doesn't hurt Kevin Owens. You actually now set up a way to tell off what somebody else said earlier. You set off the way to keep the friction between John Cena and Kevin Owens alive, but distant so they can, you know, they can wait it out for a bigger stage because with both, uh, both their other first two matches being considered as matches of the year, they know they have something special between the two. And I think it's just, you know, they, they, they tore around with the three of them until they forgot the bigger picture of what they want to do. Because I honestly don't think they know what they want to do as well. Especially with the fact that Kevin Owens is still going to work both NST and um, the main roster.
roster. Yeah, at least through August, because they just announced uh, for the NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn, he's going to get his rematch against Finn Balor, which is SummerSlam weekend. Um, Speaking of creative, not knowing what to do with guys, Celis, um, not really sure what the point was of Cesaro eating three losses on the last three Raws, especially tonight. seemed like he might have been able to pull something out and turn it into a triple threat maybe on Sunday. What do you... What do you think about this whole storyline, Sutless? Yeah, two, two ways I can look at it. One is, is kind of hurting Cesaro because three losses, even though he put in great efforts and great matches, three losses in a row is not good. A loss is a loss. But another thing I'm kind of disappointed is taking away the momentum that Kevin Owens has been doing for the past couple of months. Because at first, you know, for the rubber match we got, okay, he got the NXT title off of him. Now he can have his fight with Cena at, at Battleground. This could be his chance to shine, you know, in a rubber match. But now I'm thinking, just but by creative adding Rusev or adding Cesaro into it, it's just taking away the moment that we've been wanting for Kevin Owens this whole summer. And I, I don't really think this match is going to have a clean finish. And I think they're going to do something to try to make a super match, you know, at, at SummerSlam. Maybe Kevin Owens gets interviewed by Cesaro, which makes Kevin Owens get mad at Cesaro. So they have a series of matches and Cena's just trying to see who's going to be the best person to fight him or if it's going to be a triple threat or a fatal four-way or something at SummerSlam so you can do that. And I, I just don't know which way it's going to happen, but I just don't like the way that if you've been boosting Kevin Owens up as far as his promo work, as far as those two classic matches he had with Cena, to what he's doing now here, it's not a good look for him. And, and I'm directly comparing it to Neville. You see how Neville had a great start earlier, you know, when he got on the main roster. But then today, when he had his match with Stardust, and granted, I know Stardust is in a way different situation. He returned today after his father's death. He was in Atlanta, his hometown, right outside of Marysville. But, you know, Neville got a pin by a roll-up. And, and Neville's been doing great the past couple of weeks. So I just don't know what they're going to do with this. I just don't like what they're doing with Kevin Owens. I just feel like they might be starting to drop the ball too early on. Yeah, I think it goes back to what Dr. M was saying where, you know, they don't always put every single guy in the exact greatest spot all the time. But that said, you know, Neville could be tearing it up more in NXT as a heel if they wanted to change him up and do something different with him until they're ready to book him in a consistent manner because, you know, he has little feuds. The thing with Bo Dallas could have been so much more and they just kind of dropped it. But yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Um, I'm looking forward to this match. It's one of the two matches on the card I'm looking forward to. I do think we see some sort of continuation of whatever ends up happening moving into SummerSlam, just because you've got a lot of big players, especially John Cena. I don't think you start a fresh feud for Cena for a big show like SummerSlam from scratch the night after Battleground, no doubt. Um, Let's move on to the main event. We have the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, Seth Rollins, who seems to be without pretty much all of his cronies in the authority, with Kane going down tonight, J&J going down the week uh, prior, uh, taking on Brock Lesnar, the Beast. Uh, Dr. M, we're going to start it off with you again here. I think they've built this really well, but I don't think the story ends here. Do you think we see anything decisive happen, or a title change, or do you think we get some sort of continuation, maybe a gimmick match at SummerSlam. I definitely don't think there's going to be anything decisive here. Uh, I would be surprised, and I, I think it would be pretty much the wrong call to take the belt off of Rollins on Sunday. Um, so I imagine there's going to be some some kind of, uh, some sort of off finish to continue the feud to SummerSlam where uh, 
possibly Brock can uh, take the belt and maybe have a little money in the bank cash in. Um, Who knows? But I I expect Rollins to hold on to the title this Sunday somehow. Okay. Uh, Two chains. Um, I've been thinking about this match for a while, and I just really have no clue how this is going to go down, but I expect something, I'm not going to say big, but I expect some type of, um, something out of the ordinary to uh, finish this match. If it's not some type of interference, some, uh, um, definitely a, a way by no means clean finish. Just, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, I don't think the title is going to change hands, which means, but I don't think Brock is going to technically lose. So um, my my only prediction is if Brock either wins it by however he wins, or um, Seth wins by some type of disqualification or just something fluke. And when I say fluke, I mean something like the fact that how both him and Dean Ambrose both fell down from the ladder with the belt at the same time. And Seth Rollins won. And I was just like, this makes no sense at all. So. Yeah. Uh, D-Wayne, what do you think, man? Um, this is a tough, tough match. Um, everybody would say it would be a dirty finish. Um, if Seth Rollins winning by some plan he concocted in the back. But you know what? I'm going to sit here and say that... It's either going to happen one or two ways. And I believe this right now is going to be a clean finish uh, with Brock Lesnar winning decisively. Or some way, somehow, Seth Rollins proves that he can beat Brock Lesnar. And I know I'm going to hear a lot of slack about this, <laughs> but, but it's just something telling me that they, they kind of want Seth Rollins to win clean here. That's a very bold prediction. Uh, Sellis, I I think there is some intrigue to this. I, I'm of the opinion, like a couple of the other fellas said, it, where it might be a dirty finish, but I think Rollins still defends as champion at SummerSlam. I don't know if the outcome is the intrigue here as much as just what this match is going to look like. Because you had these guys in the ring together twice this year, but they were both in triple threats, so now it's just one-on-one. So, Celis, before before you make your pick, how do you think this match is even going to go? Uh, like, like everybody, uh, it's a hard match to predict, and, and in a way, you want that from your world championship match, not knowing which way it's going to go. But one thing I would say is this is like the first time that an opponent of Brock Lesnar in the Raws prior to is at least has some chance, whether it was with help or not, got a chance to knock the beast down. I mean, it's been times where Brock has looked very vulnerable, and you kind of expect that by Brock being the face, you know, but Seth has really shown that he can hang in with Brock. You know, first of all, let's go back to the triple threat match that he had where Seth Rollins really dominated that whole triple threat match, even though he didn't win the match and Brock still retained. He dominated that match. I don't not agree. Oh, you don't think he dominated the match? I Not think he all. worked the match. He worked the match, but he didn't dominate the match. Well, yeah. think about this. He ca- well, what if you say he carried the match? Well, I wouldn't say he dominated by like he knocked everybody out, but he made that match. He rode. Great. He rode. He rode the wave when he came yeah. in. It was hot, and he rode it. Yeah, I mean, he he had, he had to shine for five minutes. Fresh. It was, 
you know, he had no choice but to be good. Well, he was in that match. He was the guy who was going to be the movement in the ring, much like yeah. what um, I can't remember who predicted the match earlier, but just like the Miz is going to be in this triple threat on Sunday, right. he's the guy that's going to be able to move around because the other two guys don't move like I mean, that. Was, this match, the way this match is going to go, is very easy. Brock is really going to dominate this match. We're just trying to figure out how it's going to end. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think pretty uh, much. <laughs> I think Rollins. I think one thing we can all possibly agree on is that Rollins is is going to take some nasty suplexes in this match. <laughs> uh, but not only is he going to take them, but he's going to sell them well. Um, one of the things I am most impressed about with Rollins is maybe next to Dolph Ziggler, he's probably one of the best sellers in WWE right now. Yeah, I can get on that. Uh, so whatever Brock does to him, he is going to make sure the fans know it hurts. Well, let me let me let's go at it at this angle. Then we've kind of all put our two cents in about this match. Just real quick, shout around the table. I'll call you out and tell me if you think this is going to also be our main event: Rollins versus Lesnar for the title at SummerSlam, or do you think we see a different main event than this at SummerSlam? What, what do you think, Dwayne? Um. You know what? I'm going to certainly say, yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of rematches at SummerSlam. So this is definitely going to be one of them. This is probably going to be your main event. Okay. Sellers? I'll answer it with a question. Okay. Do we see a, do we see a tease with Sheamus potentially wanting to cash in on Sunday, which may lead to effect of a new main event for SummerSlam? Yeah. I th- if no. they're go- if they're going to do it, I think you wait till you have Brock win the title at SummerSlam. And that's when we get to my prediction on that, I think we see this as a rematch. Brock ends up getting the win, but then Sheamus takes the title off of him. Because you got to get Brock off TV at some point because you're using up so many of his dates already. You have, and you have to get Sheamus off TV as well. What do you mean? Because well, he has you, a movie to make. Do you Now, think about this now. I don't know if you caught this, and, and this is more of a, a bebop thing because I'm a turtle head. Now, Sheamus had a nose ring tonight when he was wrestling. Did I've never, never seen Sheamus wear a nose ring. So do you think Sheamus is actually filming and then, like, you know, filming, what, the other six days, and then one day he just comes back just for all? So really he won't have to come off at all? I don't no know. There's no so, not to give a nose ring in. So do we, we know for a fact that they're still filming that and he's still on set right now? We know That's that. That's a good question. That's a good question. I know they filmed up in New York already. They might be doing CGI-related stuff. I don't I don't know. I, I can tell you that there was nothing at Comic-Con for it, so they're, they're definitely in the early stages of recording. Okay, so that's a good point. June 2016. Anyway, even though some movies are already releasing, like Suicide Squad. Hey, yeah, real, real quick question. Did you guys see both of those trailers for the Batman, Superman, and Suicide Squad? I did see both. Two, two trailers. It was three trailers. Y'all didn't see the trailer for X-Men Apocalypse? No. I didn't see that one. That, that one I heard was more leaked than official, so I didn't see that one. Okay. Leaked, official, it all falls into our I saw the, the I saw both the leaked and the official version of the Suicide Squad trailer. Jared Leto is going to be awesome as Joker. I'm really looking forward to that. It's a it's a great actor. It was a great it was a great fan choice, and there's no way that that could fail. One time I um I went to Lollapalooza a couple times in Chicago and his band 30 Seconds to Mars was playing a side stage when we were waiting for, oh gosh, I think I was waiting for like Queens of the Stone Age or someone to come on and I watched him, the stage was set up with like scaffolds on either side and I watched that dude climb up 15 feet high and sing on this scaffold thing on the stage. <laughs> He's kind of hardcore. 
Um, well, I think, um, I guess we can all meet on common ground on this main event and get back on topic here that, um, this match, while the finish may or may not be obvious, some of us agree to that to a great, to more, more so than others. I think we can all agree that the actual match itself will be interesting to watch and how it goes down and how the finish happens. You wonder also, throw this out there, maybe we see Triple H get involved because he was inconspicuously absent on camera tonight on Raw. We didn't see Triple H at all tonight. Uh, another another thing, too, is about about this match is Rollins is not beating um, Brock Lesnar with the pedigree. It's just not happening. Not, Maybe we get the curb stop brought back for one night only. I hope. He, it works so much better for his style. It really like, does. I heard, well, I heard eventually it's going to be a feud between Seth Rollins and Triple H. So, yeah, we shall I, see. Do you think they can stretch that out to where that match could be Triple H's Mania match, Dwayne? I believe so. I believe they're gonna stretch. They're gonna stretch this out as long as they possibly can. Yeah. I believe Seth Rollins definitely will not have the title going into Mania. You'll see whoever has the title versus Roman Reigns. That's your probably gonna be one of your main events at WrestleMania. Yeah, I think if they were end up if they could milk it that long, I think Triple H Seth Rollins is a WrestleMania quality match if they book it the right way. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Seth face turn is due because I always thought he was better as a face than he is a heel anyway, so. Now, oh, I just read an article. Fact, no, I just read an article probably like a week ago. And it's basically saying that Kevin Owens said he wants to face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. How do y'all feel about that? <sighs> Their personalities would mesh so well together, but I guess... Kevin Owens has been billed as, as such a monster, and when you put him in the ring with Brock, it's going to become very obvious very quickly that he is not the same kind of monster Brock is. Right. And at this early stage of his career, I don't know if that's where they need to necessarily go with him, but that match would be interesting. Um, what do the rest of you guys think? Too soon. He's, he's still the mid Carter right now. He's nowhere near up there pushing the main event at all. Um, he will get there, but just too soon. I, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Doctor M? Yeah, same here. I, I mean, I think it could potentially be a good match. I just this doesn't seem like the right time to to consider it, though. I don't I don't think it would come off well if they they had a few now or anytime soon. Dwayne, let me Dwayne, let me volley it back to you this way. Um, I've, I've, from what I've read, the top six matches are at least penciled in right now by Vince for what he wants for Mania based on the talent he currently has. And it sounds like he is not interested at all in Sting Taker. That being said, if that's where they decide not to go, what about Kevin Owens Taker? What do you think about that, D-Wing? No. No. Oh, my goodness. No. <laughs> that, that definitely won't happen. Well, then, that, yeah, go ahead. Go I, ahead. I think that right now, um, pretty good back on what Kevin Owens said. I'm not saying, I think it all depends on what they want to do with Brock Lesnar. Um, you know, everyone hears through the room, the, through the room of Neil that The Rock might come back and face Brock Lesnar. Who knows what's going to happen. It's just, I think the whole card depends on whether they, what they're going to do with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, if they can get The Rock or not. I think... 
Honestly, I think you're going to see Kevin Owens face a returning Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. I think that yeah, would no be a, a very appropriate match. and um, I think that would be good for Sami Zayn, too. It would give him a hot way to come back and be on the main roster. Um, one I'm more. The, go ahead. I'm looking at Twitter right now. Yeah, uh, you guys see what Stardust just tweeted? No. He got a picture of him being in the bathroom, and he has Neville's name written on the mirror, and it's crossed out, and guess who name is under it? Is it the Green Arrow guy? The Green Arrow. <laughs> I, I, oh, yes. I'm all for that. That's fun. Good for good for Cody, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's go around the horn one more time as we wrap up our preview and predictions of WWE Battleground. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest... How excited um, are you for Battleground on Sunday? Let's start with you, Dr. M. I'd say my excitement level is at about a three right now. Ooh. Um, because, uh, yeah, we have those two big matches, but the undercard is is uh, just not up to par, in my opinion. That being said, I also did not have very high expectations going into WrestleMania 31 this year and uh, was pleasantly surprised. So maybe having our expectations low might uh, end up yielding us a good show. Seems like a, a good booking policy to me. Sellis, 1 to 10, how excited? I'm going to go 3. Dr. M, you took the words right out of my mouth. I'm going to disagree with everything you said, but you know we'll see what happens. I haven't had a pay-per-view in a while, so cautiously optimistic. Uh, 2 chains. we just watched a very solid New Japan Dominion pay-per-view. Looking at this kind of card, how excited are you? Um, I, I can't even tell you the last time I actually enjoyed Battleground. In the last, like, this would be the fourth year I don't think I enjoyed A third year. Yeah, I think it's the third one. Enjoy, so my excitement is probably on around like a two, two or three. And I think it's going to end up being a, a five out of ten. And yeah, it, after the New Japan, I mean, even though that was roughly almost five hours... I just don't see. I just don't see me being as hyped as, or have a good feeling like I did after the New Japan after this pay per view. It's just gonna be like ah, oh, whatever. And I see a, a sloppy finish at the end of the main event. So yeah, understood. D Wayne, can you hear me? We can hear you gr- quite well. Okay. All right. So I'm not excited at all. To be honest with you, um, I'd rather just fast forward through this pay per view because this pay per view again is just gonna be preview of SummerSlam, so I'd rather, might as well see SummerSlam to get clean finishes than this one. Yeah, man, I, that's the, I mean, I'm going to be in St. Louis this weekend, I'm going to go on a a trip with my folks and my wife and my brother, and we're going to go to a Cardinals game. I'm going to be in town the morning of the pay-per-view, but I'm not sticking around, because like D-Wayne said, this is kind of the the preview show for SummerSlam. I think we're going to get a lot of uh, continuation of things rematches that are going to end up being better than what came before it on Battleground. So I'm kind of with, I'll say a four, just because I am really excited for that Brock Lesnar main event, um, and as well as whatever it is they end up doing with these divas they just brought up, if they do anything with them, I certainly would hope so. But um, yeah, I think they have a lot of people to win over on Sunday, and I'm cautiously pessimistic at this point. But that's going to do it for the Big Gold Belt podcast review, or preview rather, of Battleground. We'll catch you guys this weekend, of course, right after the show. Give us about an hour, hour and a half. We'll have a review posted for you. And 
we hope that you enjoy whatever it is that WWE comes up with at Battleground. said Dwayne that he has improved quite a bit over the past few months but with Roman I don't know maybe it's just me but I feel like I can see his ceiling almost um, I think about some other guys in WWE and I can see for example they might get pushed into the main event scene have their big moment and then I could see them evolve somehow maybe get a character change and be just as successful I can't really see Roman evolving much um, out of his current character. Yeah, he's a big, powerful guy. He um, obviously has the look, but after that, I, you know, I don't, I don't really see how that could be further developed. How that could, how something new and intriguing could come out of that. And so, I believe in him to a certain extent. Um, let's go with two chains. Um, I have, I'm going to add this question to you. Do you think that, do you believe in Roman Reigns to extent of him being a face or eventually being a heel? Uh, the only way it's going to work is for him to be a heel. 
Um, he, he doesn't get over in every city, which makes that kind of hard for him to be a successful face because he cannot control the crowd and he doesn't have great fight skills such as John Cena, who, you know, is, is obviously a face, but, you know, he's not accepted in every city. So I think the only way he works is if he becomes heel. And I think another thing that might work for him as well is for him to have a manager. If he could even, if there was many talking managers left, that would definitely be the thing for him. Okay, okay. Good answer. All right, so Silly Science, here's my question to you. Yes, sir. His, his look right now screams more heel to face than face to me. Do you, so do you see him eventually within the next year going heel? Um, I, I would like for him to, and you're absolutely right about his look, but I don't see it happening. And the reason why is I think we're trying to, or not we're trying to, the WWE is trying to force him to be the next John Cena character as the next super face, somebody that can be that family face, somebody that can take over for Cena when he leaves. And when somebody is forced down to us and forced fed to us, like Dr. M said, you can see that ceiling coming a mile away. And the thing is, we can't do nothing to stop it. We just have to see what WWE does. But it's, it's, it's not going to change. As much as we would like to see him go heel like we did with Cena, I don't think it's going to happen. I believe in Roman Reigns much the way I believe in the Easter Bunny. And I'll tell, tell, tell you why it's that way, man. Which one? The one with Adam Rose or the one that has a holiday? The one that, the one that is associated more closely with Easter than Guy Fawkes Day. Um, I believed in the Easter Bunny as a young child. And I, I believed in the Easter Bunny because I received chocolate candies and I received eggs that my brothers and I could go find and collect their contents of, and eat jelly beans, and fly the kites that the Easter Bunny brought me. And in, in those times, I believed in the Easter Bunny so strongly that I never questioned the Easter Bunny, nor would I chant, Easter Bunny sucks, Easter Bunny sucks, if I were in a live crowd setting. <laughs> However, eventually the Easter Bunny stopped bringing me candy, and stopped bringing me jelly beans and Easter eggs that were hidden. And I no longer believe in the Easter Bunny anymore because of this. Much is the same for me with Roman Reigns. He used to do it a lot for me in the capacity of the Shield, both when they were heels, and on their short babyface run against Evolution. Right now, I, I agree with what, what's been said about the glass ceiling. But the thing about Roman Reigns, and I can speak to this because I just went to SmackDown in April, when he came out, and he came out two or three different times at that taping, he got a reaction. It's not always a consistent reaction, but there's a guy named John Cena who also doesn't get a consistent reaction, but he still draws money. And at the end of the day, that's the point of the wrestling business. You know what I wish they would have done, though? There was a guy a long time ago who was presented as a, a very much a baby face, but he kept getting booed and he kept getting booed. And you know what he did? He started telling the crowd to know their role and shut their mouth. And then he got over even better. In fact, I think uh, Roman Reigns is related to that guy. Yeah. So that's that. I believe in Roman Reigns to the extent that I believe in the Easter Bunny. All right. So I'm gonna ask everyone this question: Who does Roman or who will Roman beat 
in order to get the keys to the WWE pass to him. Mm. He has to be Brock Lesnar on Screwjob by Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman becomes his new manager. And Roman Reigns has possibility, a chance of being over. Rob Rock is off TV for a while until he eventually comes back as a super face. I, I agree. I think he needs to beat Brock, and I think he needs to beat John Cena clean. You notice that Roman and Cena have not had that one-on-one match yet. I think talking about WrestleMania caliber matches, I think that's another one right there. Think of the reaction that those two would get. funny that you said it because have you noticed that they really really kept them far as far as possible oh yeah mm-hmm. I, I think that's totally intentional I think they're, I think we're going to see Cena Reigns at Mania that might be and I, another torch right there yep I won't be surprised yeah definitely will not be surprised honestly I, I would love to see that match I'm not a huge fan of either guy right now but that would be a fun match to be there for and, and I agree with you there, Aaron, because do it now more than later, because I think in a couple of years, Cena's is going, his body's going to catch up to him. He's been a great, healthy person, but he, that, that torch needs to be passed while Cena's still in his prime, because even when, the quote-unquote, The Rock had passed that torch to Cena, The Rock was way past his prime. The Rock was not in wrestling shape. The Rock wasn't at the top of his game. Well, not only that, like... Eventually, we're probably going to see Kevin Owens beat John Cena clean or not clean again. Maybe Cesaro's going to beat him clean at some point. You know, beating John Cena is not going to be as meaningful as it once was when he starts really putting guys over. I don't. I don't know. This the whole Cena and his prime thing. I mean, Cena is as long as he's working all events. Until we start seeing a little rupture in his schedule, that's when you can start worrying about the passing of the torch. I think it's way too early to be calling him to be saying, you know, he's ready to fall off because, uh, I mean, he's in great shape, uh, and I think, I think, I think his body is, is going to hold with longevity. He has, he's been hurt a couple of times in the past, but other than that, he's been pretty solid for the last what three years, right? Yeah, he had the little. Um the elbow issue after SummerSlam two years ago with Daniel Bryan, and he was off TV for a couple months there. But otherwise, yeah, he's been pretty clean bill of health. All right, well, you heard from the, the podcast. You heard from me. Do you believe in Roman Reigns? Most of us agree to a certain extent. I agree totally. Um, until next time, next week, would be do you believe in? We're going to start something different. We're going to try the NXT version. Do you believe in Finn Balor next week? I'm your host, Lee Wayne. See you next time. production of the Big Goat Belt Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at BGB Group or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Big Gold Belt. Email us at Big Gold Belt Group at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.